This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Changing Lenses, a unique perspective on health and wellness. Our purpose is to share the nurse's story. Changing Lenses is based on the narrative of the personal journey of six nurses. It will take shape over a six-week period. These radio interviews allows you, the listener, to hear the human story of nurses, their successes, challenges and how they see the world around them. My name is Anna Aikman and this is Changing Lenses. Good morning, and we continue our journey uh, with Changing Lenses and a Nurse's Story. And tonight, today, I would like to introduce you to Heather Leong, who comes from Te Awamutu, and we have her on the phone today. Heather um, is a registered nurse, registered midwife. She had a, has a graduate diploma in nutrition and medicine, and she is a board-certified integrative nurse coach. Uh, Heather has had a long-term interest in supporting people to better health with preventative health and wellness strategies, which originally led her to a career in nursing. So good morning, uh, Heather, and good morning to Te Awamutu from Christchurch. Good morning, Anna. Really lovely to have you on the show, and thank you for uh, joining us and taking the time to share who you are as a woman and a uh, nurse. So let's um, begin with um, maybe give us a little bit of a background of um, who you are and what were some of the key influences that um, helped you on your path to choosing nursing as a career. Um, so I am a mother of four, but way before that, well, um, in my youth, I was really interested in supporting people in their health. Um, I don't know, I read books when I was young, and I've always had this interest in health. And then um, I did decide to do nursing um, because of that. And through my nursing journey, I um, was working in coronary care and my father just had a heart attack and I picked up on the connection between food and, and heart health and and then following that um, but later on I, I had my own um, concerns with osteoarthritis and that, and that once again I, I could see that there was really strong connections between um, what we eat and how much inflammation we have so I've got this really strong interest in, in what we can do ourselves to support our health. Yeah. So um, I think it's always interesting as we're young to um, see where our life's going to go. And so it sounds like you have had an interest in health from the beginning, from the health challenges that you yourself have experienced and uh, your dad, as you uh, mentioned. Um, you have uh, been you know, a really experienced nurse for over 30 years. And um, recently you uh, went to the States and uh, to study. And I just wonder whether you might be able to elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah, well, I, I during my nursing, um, when I, uh, I did midwifery as well um, as part of my journey. And when I 
finished with um, my, when my children were young, I decided that I couldn't uh, combine the nursing and the uh, sorry the midwifery with um, bringing the children up. So I sort of started looking at what else I could do, and I decided to go back to to nursing um, because I could see that there was a, a closer connection to my my interest in, in nutrition and how I could utilise that knowledge. Um, and at the time I was working at a wellness retreat for women and um, I, some of the people that I was working with wanted me to sort of do a course and they encouraged me to do a graduate diploma in nutrition medicine. And so I did that and I was absolutely fascinated by the connection between food and, and information and, and all the intricate body processes and, and you know how we could make a difference by changing that. So I started working with people in the community and um, you know a little bit and, and it was going well but there was sort of something missing I realized that I could give people information, I could provide education but uh, the, sometimes the motivation wasn't there for people or they just come once and they'd pick up a plan and they'd go, oh yes, this is what I need to do. But I never saw them again and I didn't really know whether they did, did that or they might come two or three times and they'd, some, some people really struggle, as we all know, with weight loss and, and food um, addictions, I guess, as well. And so I, I read an article in Kaitiaki. Um, it was written by a wonderful woman called Anna Eichmann. <laughs> and, and so it, it inspired me because I thought, oh, maybe this is what I need. Because I've been looking at, you know, naturopathy and um, various other things that I could perhaps add on to my nursing that might give me some more school skills or tools in the toolbox, so to speak. Um, but this was sort of looking at it from a slightly different angle about you know how we could coach people and use use skills of um, listening and empathy and I sort of didn't really know a huge amount about it but I met up with Anna and um, one of the directors Susan Luck in Auckland and um, Susan was very inspiring she uh, gave me some really good sort of motivating thoughts about how the course might support me and she said you've just got to come and do it. So initially I didn't get there straight away but um, after applying for um, a grant through my workplace, um, Access and Rural Rural Woman of New Zealand, which I'm forever grateful for, um, I ended up in 2016 travelling to Seattle, which I never ever thought I would do but hey, sometimes the universe um, turns things the right way and I ended up going there and meeting a fantastic group of American nurses who um, worked in the course as well and I think it would be safe to say it kind of changed my direction in my life so not only did I find it really empowering for myself and um, supported me and what I could do with my clients but it changed the way I I did my own um, life. So how I what I do when I wake up in the morning, in fact, and how I keep myself in a healthy balance. Um, so it's a, it's an ongoing journey. Um, but that's kind of how I got to do the integrative news coaching course. And um, yeah, I'm very very passionate about sharing that with people. 
So when you talk about um, an integrated nurse coach, it's probably a term that many people don't understand. Can you um, explain some of that and what are some of the practices you put in place and why is it different from our normal nursing process? Yeah, well, I hate to actually look out the word integrated, to be honest, because I I know there's quite a few sort of, it's used quite a lot and people use it in different ways, but the, the meaning that I um, that I got out of my my little look and check on on what this all means, and from what I see is happening with integrative news coaching is integrative. Um, it comes from actually Wikipedia, I think, but it just re, integrative nursing and um, reaffirms the importance of the relationship between the nurse and and the the client or the person. It focuses on the whole person. It's informed by um, evidence and it makes use of all the appropriate therapeutic uh, um, approaches that you might have in your toolbox. So for me, that's um, using mindfulness, using my knowledge with nutrition. Um, But then when you look at using that in coaching, it's it's a whole lot more than that. It's about um, how you listen deeply. Um, I listen so much more deeply now that I've done this coaching. Um, before I see each person in a day, I practice, practice mindfulness, which has now become a daily practice for me, so it helps me be really fully present. Uh, I refrain from jumping in with my you know, expert view and fixing people's problems, which I, I do admit I sometimes just want to do, <laughs> but I've realised experience that that's not always um, well generally not the way um, because you know by letting their story unfold and supporting them to find their own path and set their own goals that they can manage and then focusing on their strengths and, and positive things that, that they are doing for themselves they set the pace and, and the goals that they're prepared to take and I always always ask for for permission to and get to give suggestions, which we do use um, with coaching. You know, there are some instances where providing um, some, you know, uh, informed, evidence-based um, tips and tools um, can can be really helpful for someone who's stuck. But I'm also really aware of their inner knowledge and that by helping them to tap into their own awareness they, they can often they come up with the solutions that they can um, aim for themselves without my so-called expert advice so um, yeah that's how I think it's um, changed my way of of working with people for, so for you personally and um, I guess we're looking at that holistic aspect of health and well-being and uh, for your practice personally and the things that you have put in place daily to help support you and your own personal growth, um, what, um, what learning has changed your practice and your focus? Um, I think the biggest, biggest thing that I've noticed is that I can control my stress response better. Um, I I become more aware of how the, the thoughts that I think 
um, and the beliefs that I have and how they can change what actions and, and outcomes that I have. So I guess in a nutshell, the, the mindfulness was really huge. Um, it was acknowledging to myself that it wasn't and like it wasn't necessarily my optimal by being physically fit and and eating you know a diet that I considered healthy. Um, it was much more than that, and that's that's been hugely helpful to me in terms of. Um, yeah, managing my workplace, um, helping my clients, but yeah, and also a little side, little side thing, which is I thought was quite interesting, is that um, at the time I was going through menopause uh, around the time I did nurse coaching, and I was experiencing quite um, severe hot flushes. <laughs> well, not severe, but they were annoying, and they they yeah they annoyed me. And I was taking a, a nutritional supplement to support me, and it was sort of yeah, quite useful, but it didn't completely take it away. But what absolutely blew me away was that by working with my mindfulness, and it was just short practices that I was doing, and doing this, you know, the effect on the stress response was that it, for me personally, it really minimised my, my hot flushes. I thought it was a little interesting thing. But now, yeah, I feel much more at, at peace with myself. Um, I, it's a journey and, I, and I've got a long way to go, but I just feel immensely grateful that I now have these extra tools to, to work on myself as a whole person and that, you know, that it sparked my interest in how that can support other people as well. So the process that you describe, um, Heather, I would imagine would be kind of reflective and the changes that you have felt in yourself and the benefits. And so when you talk about wellness, and I know that you have discussed a bit of this already, but what does it really mean for you and how do you define being healthy? Yeah, well, I think, you know, that's the thing is everyone has a different wellness place and um, and so I wouldn't ever presume to put my wellness place on other people but um, just for an example for me what makes me feel well is um, I I noticed this when recently I got back from a a 12 day stay at a dock camping ground in a remote place where you can't um, actually access the internet without walking up a hill for 20 minutes and um, and every day I was active in some way. I was uh, either walking or I was um, uh, I was swimming. I do swims around the corner at Waikaro Bay, a little bay, and it and it takes me an hour, an hour to do the swim there and back. Uh, it's about three kilometres, and so it's that feeling enhanced well-being, a feeling fit and strong, and and then sort of being more in touch with myself so in that time you know I'm near the ocean and near near nature so it's that whole thing about um, the Japanese know about you know the forest bathing idea when you're close to nature and and then you know just reflecting on my year and thinking um, what is it that I want for the year and, and, and just sort of giving me this feeling of purpose so so my happy place is Waikaro because every year I come back with renewed energy and fitness and vitality and because I've been swimming and walking and dreaming and enjoying the sunset, so it recharges me. And I'm really curious what this place is for other people. And so that's one of the questions that I ask people is, you know, what does it feel like for you to to feel well? Do you remember a time when you felt well? 
you know, was it energy, was it being in nature, was it all of the above? You know, they, they all have their own um, their own definition of that. But for me, um, being well is is all of those things. It's being being in contact with the outdoors, feeling fit, feeling in tune with myself, at peace with myself, and um, and, and aware of where I want to go. It's a really good question about um, how do we define our own wellness. So for you know, listeners, maybe to think about that, how do you, how do you define uh, your own wellness? So Heather, when we look at the work that you're doing with your nurse coaching um, and also currently nursing, uh, are you able to share with us what you uh, what your role is currently and how maybe you weave some of your nurse coaching into your current nursing position? Well, I have two roles. So I'm working as a community nurse for Access, uh, which is a home-based um, support for people who have disability or age-related frailty. Um, and I, I weave the coaching in by using the skills of communication and deep listening and empathy. Um, we do assessments on all of our clients and um, go back and review their care. And I feel absolutely privileged to be in a role where I can uh, spend the time to listen well to people. Oh, excuse me. Listen well to people. Um, it fires me up and makes me feel good about my job when I, um, I can provide that small piece of nurturing, I guess, for someone as is, can be clearly seen um, for some people life in the home can be quite lonely and they can feel unheard so that's probably the biggest way I also have a um, a wellness blog on Access's website um, which people can access uh, uh, and um, and I practice uh, mindfulness with some of the staff on a regular basis and that's how I bring it into my Access uh, work which is, you know, quite a lot of the workers' assessment. But there are ways you can bring it into any nursing role, I feel, especially when you use um, the, the tools of communication. And then, of course, with my nurse coaching, people come and see me. They have varying um, concerns, and it's very holistic, and um, they get referred to me just by self at the moment. Um, and I guess I can show you sort of a little bit um, I had about one client's experience um, who found that um, by coming to nurse coaching he improved his sleep and anxiety and he said it helped him make healthier choices when eating especially at cafes and restaurants he found that he was trying to more to increase his exercise and he found that it improved his work-life balance. So mm. for me, it's great. Isn't it wonderful mm. that you can support someone in so many different directions with news coaching? So that, that's how I do it with news coaching. I really sense your uh, passion, Heather, around, um, around the work that you do. And you mentioned about doing some mindfulness practices with some of your staff and with your clients. And many of our listeners... You know, you may, um, as a listener, wonder what mindfulness is. It's a word that's um, often used these days. And I wonder, Heather, whether you would be interested in taking us through a wee practice just so that um, we can get a sense of what that might look like. Sure. So just, uh, do you want me to start now? 
Yes, just when you're ready. Okay, so for the listeners, if you just place your feet on the floor and um, in, a, in a relaxed fashion and just imagine that your spine is relaxed but in its natural curves and take a nice deep breath in and through, just in through your nose and out through your mouth and gently just lower your eyes or you can close them if you like and just um, spend a moment just noticing where tension might be in your body you know, just from head to toe, just go through, you scan your body and through the eyes, the face, the shoulders, down through the hips, the legs and the feet. And just make sure that your arms are nice and relaxed. And your hands are gently placed on your lap. And then as you're breathing in and out, just imagine, or notice, sorry, where you might feel that breath. Are you feeling it perhaps in your nose? Do you feel it more around your chest? Through your belly? Just notice where that is, where that sensation is. And just spend the next few moments just focusing on that breath as it goes in and out. of your body and if you notice in that time that thoughts came up that's absolutely fine thoughts are natural and meant to be there but when you notice that your thoughts are taking you off into a different place just gently take yourself back to the breath and do that for the next two or three breaths And then when you're ready, just become aware of where you're sitting and how you feel. And whether you notice any change to your body. Sometimes people notice that their heart slows a little, or their breathing is slowed down. Become aware of the room around you and then just open your eyes Fix your fingers and your toes and come back to the room. Thank you, Heather. It's um, it's something that maybe is easy for people to practice in their own lives um, when you uh, share a simple exercise like that uh, with us. What? Uh, why are we doing this? What are the benefits? Well, the breath is um, immensely, um, it's one of the ways. There's lots of different ways of bringing yourself into an awareness place. You could be noticing um, how you place your feet on the floor as you walk. You could be noticing how you, uh, what sounds you hear or what things you see when you're walking as you walk past. Because our thoughts, our thoughts are very, very natural thing. You know, you can have something like I heard recently, I can't remember where this was from, about 50,000 thoughts a day, <laughs> which is huge. And and thoughts are necessary and important and, and we don't want to detract away from the importance of thought. But by becoming more aware of when we're drifting away and knowing how we can come back and knowing to come back, it, it allows us 
to um, that that awareness allows us to recognise when we're feeling stressed. I mean, I'm driving along in the car sometimes, and I suddenly think, "Oh my gosh, my shoulders are tense, and I'm not breathing. <laughs> I'm holding my breath." And that all increases your stress response. So there are many benefits to becoming more aware of your your thoughts and when they come in, and your body's reaction to it. But one of the most well recognised is it supports us in, in feeling more relaxed. And when where there's stress, there's increased risk of all kinds of inflammation, disease, and um, you know cortisol. As I mentioned earlier, can affect your um, even something as, as what you think might be different as your hot flushes, because um, there is a connection between that cortisol and and when the hot flushes come, people will will know if they're in menopause. <laughs> yeah. So that's a simple, very simple explanation. I'm a beginner. Um, I still consider myself very much a beginner. I've done mindfulness uh, beginners course, and but my 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 passion for it is in the, the powerful effects it has. And, and my client that I mentioned earlier, he um, he noticed that it improved his sleep and helped him with um, anxiety. So um, I know that it can work for people. I also know that some people don't relate well to it but I think there are ways of um, of doing it that you know it doesn't always have to be about breathing it can be other you can choose other channels to or other ways to use it like being noticing sounds or noticing movement or yeah and noticing emotion <laughs> yeah so that's why I feel it's a really good tool to be able to use with people and with myself in an earlier conversation that we had, Heather, we, uh, you shared with me a, um, a little cartoon, and I wonder whether you would be able to share that with the listeners today. Yeah, because I, I mentioned earlier about Waikowal <clears throat> and the effect of um, that beautiful beach place for its remoteness and, and its a distance away from technology is just one of the things that I appreciated and, and Lunig. Um, <laughs> He's got. He had this really cute cartoon that I absolutely love because it um, it shows us very clearly how um, we've become so immersed in the whole use of technology and devices. We haven't recognised the effects that they may be having on us, or we may have forgotten the effects that the being outdoors and being in nature can have for us. And so the cartoon is by Lunig, and it's called Device, so people can find it just by searching Lunig, Lunig L-E-U-N-I-G, and it, it kind of goes, there's two little figures in it, and um, figure one says to the guy who's lying on the ground looking up at the sky, he says, what are you doing? And the guy that's lying on the ground says, um, I'm using my device. And, and he goes, well, what is your device? And the, the person on the ground says, well, my device is the sky. And the person says, well, does your device have many applications? And the, and the guy on the ground goes, yes, it has sun and moon and clouds and birds. And, and the guy goes, well, do you have to recharge your device very often? And, and the person on the ground looking up at the sky says, I don't ever have to recharge my device. It recharges me. And that, for me, was just classic because it it was my holiday at Waikowal captured in a cartoon, what it did for me. And I believe what so many of us can be missing these days with our indoor, busy lives of 
rushing around achieving and um, forgetting the pure beauty of nature, the sky, the stars, yeah, and, and the water and the wind and all those things, what they can do for us, the forest, the trees, the bush, the birds, I could go on and on, yeah. It's a wonderful uh, little snapshot of our lives in this current uh, millennium. So Heather, you have chosen a piece of music called Out of the Depths, De Profundis by Terry Oldfield. And listeners, we're just going to take a moment to uh, listen to that piece of music.
That's a very uh, special piece of music, uh, Heather, and I wonder why um, you have chosen this music to share with us today. Uh, for me, this music has a really strong connection to the ocean and the sea creatures, and I guess, being an open water swimmer, I'm really, um, I'm really connected to the ocean and the water. I find it immensely relaxing. Um, and um, but I think the the time that I used it is also um, so relevant to me because it strikes a really deep chord. Uh, it was the background music <laughs> when I was labouring with my four children um, who I had home births with, um, and it was it was a time when when I had those births. Um, I felt really powerful and, and in control of my life and that music just really made me feel it's so haunting and beautiful and it reminded me of a strong connection that I have with myself and my inner wisdom and my power as a woman. Um, it supported me through all of those labours. It really did. It helped me to feel focused, to feel relaxed and to feel strong. So for me it was my talisman my good luck charm, and I think that people's music can do that. It can, can connect us with our strengths, our vitality, and hope. So that's why I chose that music, and it still brings back those beautiful moments of birth of those four great kids I have <laughs> who are growing into adults. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about what your children are doing. Yes, yeah, so I have uh, Carlin, who is uh, now a um, he's a mechanical engineer and he's working. He just finished and graduated last year, so 
I'm very proud of him. He's done really well to get through that really tough course. Um, I'm proud of all of them. And Tessa, who's just graduated from um, a marketing degree in commerce, and I think it's commerce degrees uh, majoring in marketing. I'll probably get shot if I get it wrong, but there you go. That's what I remember of what she's doing. She just finished and she's in a, in a job and she's looking at what her options are for the year to come. And I've got Ty, who is um, in the same course that his brother did, um, doing mechanical engineering, and he's also um, he's in his third year coming up this year. So really, t- these these kids are amazing with what they learn. And um, and Talia, who is in her final year at school, and she's very creative. She's um, she enjoys doing all the creative things with um, art and drama and. So and dance, she's a hip hopper. So I get to watch all these different things um, as they unfold. Isn't it great watching your kids as they unfold in their their own life journeys? I love that. So as a nurse and as a mother and all those other hats that you wear, um, Heather, it's lovely to hear a little bit of story about uh, your children. And I guess you know my question that comes now would be. What do you feel are the things of importance that you have shared with your children uh, in terms of values? I hope I've shared with them it's possible to be in control of your health. Um, I'm not saying that they all, you know, they're all young people, they do what they want to do, but I hope if, if nothing else, I've shown them that it's possible to take charge of their health because I think that, yes, sometimes things do happen to us that are out of our control, but there is so much we can do to get the very best out of life that we can in terms of feeling energised and well and strong um, in, in mind and in body. Um, I hope I've, I've showed them that the key to, um, to, to living well is to be happy with where they're at, wherever that may be. I'm really hoping that that I've done that with them, and um, and I hope that I've shown them that that love and connection and family are really really important in life, and um, and that I always want to be a part of their lives, but in the way that they want me to. <laughs> yeah, so um, those those are probably the key things, um, you know. There, there is that um, I did touch on when I spoke to you the other day that um, desiderata and I think there's some really good things in there um, about what you know I could share with my kids or hope that they've picked up you know things like speak your truth quietly and clearly and listen to others um, and uh, what else was there in there Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. You're a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars, and you have a right to be here. Um, there's there's lots of good things in there by Max um, Ehrman, who wrote that in 1927. Um, so I had a look, look at it the other day when you were asking us to, to look into things that um, we we felt had sort of shaped us in some way, and the Zedarad has got a few good tips in there, so yeah. Recently, Heather, you were involved in uh, Changing Lenses, the role of empathy, compassion, connectedness, culture and kindness for healthy communities. And I'm curious about what 
or how you feel that uh, that workshop uh, may be used uh, for uh, future health resources in our communities and in our nursing world, or can it? Oh, absolutely, it's a must. I mean, when I practice with um, uh, my listening um, and so forth with my clients and in any capacity and any health, any health at all, if you if you use the the, the empathy muscle, then um, you are connecting with someone. You are showing them that you share. I I, I saw this. Um, Actually, I thought it was very well written. Anna Novak um, on a YouTube clip, she said, when you empathise with someone, you recognise that you share a common humanity. And I think if you can do that, then you create that relationship of trust and partnership. People will feel safe and, and they feel that they can share their vulnerabilities. And that in itself is a healing thing to be able to do. Um and I think when, when I recognise it, and in the aspect of culture, it's about, sorry, I'll go back to that because I haven't finished, but, you know, using culture, it's about recognising that, that we are individually and at times, and as well, collectively different to each other. And by recognising those cultural differences fully, then we can help to, um, to connect once again better and to share in a respectful manner, you know, our ideas and, and really do sort of work in that partnership model. Um, my work seems to flow people better when I work with people in that capacity. Um, and, you know, when people are, are unwell and in pain, they're often really, really, their emotions are high and uh, they can be, they can come across quite negative. So when I work with access clients, if I can bring that tool in, it just really helps me to be able to provide a better service, um, and and I think it helps the clients. Obviously, I think it does hugely. But like I say, it's a real muscle. It needs to be worked on and practiced with, and um, and so I'm still in that journey of recognizing. And um, when when I may feel, you know, I've, I've become aware of of a judgment or something that comes into my mind. To, to keep it's once again that's where mindfulness comes in it's, it's being aware of yourself and your thoughts and how they affect other people How do you see or how would you like to see the future of health in Aotearoa uh, New Zealand Heather? I would like to see us focusing I mean while I absolutely recognise and appreciate all my colleagues and um of the, the medical doctors and the people that work in hospitals and, and supporting people to, to get healthy and well, I would like to see some of the balance go back to the real real basics of health. Um, you know, way back in the beginning of time with Hippocrates, Hippocrates where he talks about letting food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Um, you know, going back to... I know we, we do talk about it but actually supporting people to be able to put the steps into place so I would like to see us focusing on um, 
preventative health for for diabetes. And, and this is a very much in the topics. I'm not saying it's not being done now. It certainly is because it's out there in the news and and, and our um, medical centres are really trying hard to support this. But, you know, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, a stroke, anxiety, depression, many autoimmune diseases could be um, managed, enhanced and improved with lifestyle and food choices, I very strongly believe that there's a powerful connection and there's quite a few medical doctors who are working in this way and um, the ones I'm aware of are mostly in in the United States. There's um, a group of doctors who um, work about use of the food Um, and I could give examples, uh, Michael Clapper, Joel Furman, Dr. Pam Popper, Dr. Cordell Esseltine, Dr. John McDougall, Dr. Neil Barnard. Um, And the last last one, Dr. Neil Barnard, he's the president of the Physicians for Responsible Medicine. I don't know the ones in New Zealand, so I'd like to meet with them, I'd like to talk with them, and I'd like to work alongside them to use the coaching practices that I know and, and work on on um, prevention or um, helping people to not progress to that really chronic stage that requires hospitalisation because I just see that benefit for everybody. You know, it would be good for our um, the cost, that health costs us um, and, and it would give the power back to people and tell, showing them that they can actually play a very important, massive role in their own health and give them back that control that's what I think people need is to feel that they can have some control if they're willing and that's the key as well um, uh, uh, Hippocrates, Hippocrates I can't even say that name he had another um, good good thing that I saw when I was um, reading through some of his quotes is before you heal someone ask him if he's willing to give up the things that made him sick so not everybody wants this but for those of you that do you know, contact me because I'm interested. And, and any doctor that wants to work in that way, then I'm really keen on working alongside them. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much, Heather, for your vision. It's inspiring and empowering. And on closing uh, today, um, you would like to share a quote that's really important to you. So take it away, Heather. So I have a, a dear, beautiful client Um, She's given permission for me to use this quote. When I asked her what nurse coaching did for her or does for her, she's a a present client and has been one for the last five years. Um, Andrea writes, My beautiful nurse coach helped me when I was in such a dark hole, I didn't know where to start. She looked at the whole picture, mind, body and soul. She took me by the hand and led me on to my path of wellness. Nothing she suggested to me was without my permission, so I was always informed and felt safe and in control. I'm so grateful to her for the first time in my life. I feel amazing. I feel I am worthy, I am happy, and I am free. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Thank you for sharing your story with us today and bringing your um, and presence, passion and vision to changing lenses. I'm really grateful to Anna, my uh, friend, uh, colleague and amazing pioneering nurse, um, nurse coach, integrative nurse coach. 
Um, she has bought some fire for me. Um, she empowers me to share my message and she just keeps driving forward. I just am amazed at her energy, her inspiration and her vision. And um, I'm just so grateful, Anna. So thank you so much for, for doing this, for doing the Empathy Workshop and for having the trust and the faith in me that um, that I've got something worthwhile to say. And, um, yes, I'm just trying to say that I, I feel very grateful to be a part of your vision. Thanks, Anna. Thank you, Heather. I uh, truly feel very honoured to have you as a friend. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to your feedback. You can supply feedback on Anna at AnnaAikman.com. That's A-N-A-H at Anna, A-N-A-H, Aikman, A-I-K-M-A-N.com. Changing Lenses, a unique perspective is available on podcast on plainsfm.org.nz. Type in Changing Lenses. Kakite anō. Until next time, go well, be well, and travel well. This is Anna Aikman, and you have been listening to Changing Lenses. <laughs>